Hello, hello, and welcome to Paradise. This is Green Dudes, the only Green Day podcast that matters. You're here with myself, Connor Mack, and my uh, my BFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
there's no fucking way. And I was like, whatever though, I'm just sitting, hanging around. So I was like doing other shit, just refreshing every now and then. And I, the general admission floor lights up and I was like, oh fuck, yeah. oh fuck. So I, I, you know, I just snapped, you know, right away. And I, I, I just got lucky. I just uh, happened to get him. Yeah, I mean, so that's the crazy thing about the modern ticket selling process, right? It's like, um, it's it's all like a uh, a traffic jam when it first goes on sale, and that's why you have the queue and stuff and everything. And obviously, mo- the most common experience is is what you experienced at first. It's like, oh fuck, it sold out in like five seconds. What the fuck? How is that possible? Whatever, you know. And obviously, it's like bots and shit and and lucky people that got in. But, I mean, I, I, I do think it's, you know, people with the endurance and the stamina to wait it out and keep refreshing, keep trying. A lot of times, they will succeed. They will win because the, these fucking assholes, they will put tickets in their cart and they won't check out because they're like... Oh, do I really want to go see the band? Do I really want to pick yeah. it? I don't this know. This is a lot of money. This is a lot of money. I don't know if I have enough money. Dude, you can you can pay in, in, in installments now. You have no excuses. No excuses. Um, Plus, I mean, everyone, you got to know what you're getting into when you're yes. doing one of these. Like, who's, yes. who's like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't think the tickets at Madison Square Garden were going to be this expensive for Vampire Weekend. Yeah, that's insane. Like, who is that person yeah. who's, like, I know. just figuring this out for the first time? I like, know. It's like, oh, well, I saw a show at, at Brooklyn Steel for 40 bucks. What? Why is, why is yeah. it three times that? It's like, I don't know. come on, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> you know, this is in the seventies, okay? This is the But the, we you know, it kinda reminds me. Yeah. Uh yeah, because we're living in the twenties. Yes, exactly, exactly. Where, yeah, but uh and and you who who has had so much experience doing this for Green Day specifically, it's like yeah. uh honestly, I you know, sooner or later, probably probably relatively soon, we're gonna have to start figuring out our own know, uh, Green Day ticket situation yeah, for the summer. I, uh, you know, I, I have actually just recently in the last couple of days, I checked StubHub um, and uh, SeatGeek just to see where the ticket prices were and, and how it was looking and it's still very high. The prices are still extremely high. Um, yeah. Kind of like it for the pit, like 300 at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I I do think we're safe waiting waiting a couple more months um, if we need to. Uh, no, you're, you're right. You're and, right. you know, because it's I... It's just I, on my mind. I, yeah, I don't think they're going to... The prices are not going to go up. They will drop when they get, lo- you know, get closer to the... Uh, to to the show, and I think that's just the that's the game we got to play these days. If if we don't buy right away, then um, then we have to you know we we, we got to wait until the price goes down closer to the to the day of the show, and that's it's been that way since like since twenty twenty one in my experience, um, since since dynamic pricing really became a a massive thing. Which I know it goes back even farther than that, but that's kind of uh, I think it got worse after the pandemic and everything. Yeah, um, <clears throat> true enough. But yeah, we I mean rest assured, listeners, we will be at these Green Day shows 
we will cover them for you. Um, so you don't even have to go to the show. You just you can just rest assured knowing we will give you all that there is to you know know about the experience. Don't even don't even bother going yourself. We got you covered. Yeah, in fact, if you already have tickets that after after hearing all that, you're like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to go after all. I'll give it to the green dudes. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, I, you I know how to hit us dudes, up. Yeah, you know. And we don't even mind. We'll take them off your hands. We'll go. We'll go for you. And you know, even because because I am I, I am kind of feeling generous. I'm kind of in a generous mood right now. Like I I'll even Facetime you for a song of your choice. You know, pick pick a song you know that we're gonna play, and I'll Facetime you during it, and so you can watch it via Facetime. Oh wow. Yeah, just you know, and that's, and that's a very generous offer. You must be in a very generous mood. Right I know, now. I am. I'm feeling very generous today, and you know, because really, it, it it will take out of my experience. I don't like to be on my phone while at concerts. I like to just no, experience no. it in person. B- Billy's gonna single you out in the crowd of he like will. you know all these thousands of people. Yeah, get off your fucking phone. Yeah. He's he might shame me, and I, and part of me maybe yeah. hopes that he does that because I do you know I've got, I've got a fetish for that kind of thing. It's like I want to be <laughs> humiliated right, yeah. in front of thousands of people. Um, That's cool. Now that you've said that about yourself, now I can say that <laughs> like as many times as I want about you. you know? That's cool that you said that first. So like now it's like oh. it's fair game. Like you have this like you have like this fetish, uh, <laughs> this shaming fetish. That's fun. That'll be fun to talk about in oh, the future. Fuck. <laughs> what, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Um, All right. All right. All right. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so we actually we have a we have a lot to cover today. Today we are. I, I did say last episode. I was like, next episode we're covering one thousand hours off of the one thousand hours EP. Well, guess what, folks? I lied. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing that. <laughs> I uh, I've mentioned a few times that we're gonna we we want to do a Savior's check in. Uh, uh, a, a one month check in, or just it, it. The the album's been out for just over a month now, and um, you know we 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 really dove deep on on the last on, on our big saviors uh release special episode. Um, but you know that was not the end of the discussion. Uh, and. You know, I I I can promise you this is not going to be a four and a half hour podcast. Um, I think it'll hopefully be a normal length. Um, yeah. And I, I I thought it would be fun to cover not only how you know you and I Connor we we feel a month in, but also and primarily the uh, what the general public feels what what the antisocial media is is saying about the record Hmm. um and so that's kind of what what i wanted to do here today um but before we 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 dive into the uh you know the the seedy underbelly of of anti-social media i i i I do want to hear from you connor and uh you know here here's some of your updated thoughts on on the album any insights maybe you have have come to any feelings that have changed or any things you wanted to expand on about saviors now that it's been just over a month with this album yeah you know my 
my thoughts on it now pretty much are like the more I listen to it, I you know, I appreciate that there to me like there's no songs that I don't like or feel like uh, you know, like this is this is like holding the record back. I feel like every song on the album has a place um and works well like bouncing off of one another and uh, i just don't always feel that way about every green day record like yeah i was gonna ask could, could you point out some examples of uh albums I, and I songs can. that you don't i can't don't feel that way about well so it's not even that i it's not that i don't feel that way about it but i can tell you with at least two examples that come to mind it, it took me a long time to like come around to them. So the the examples I'm thinking of are uh, 99 Revolutions off of Trey, which you know part of the reason for that is I think Trey is like such an amazing album that it bothered me for a long time that I like I don't think 99 Revolutions is good enough to be on Trey, and I don't think it makes sense to be where it is in the track list, and I think it like kind of stops the the pace of the album sort of like not dead in its tracks because 99 revolutions has a lot of energy to it but like i i don't think it works um i would have just taken it off the fucking record or moved it or i don't know yeah i i do think it's not strictly as not strictly necessary being between two two behemoths in yes the, that, 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 than the forgotten that is like to me the problem and i feel like it would just like work so much better if it were not like in, like I think that it would enhance those two songs had they just like flowed into one another without 99 revolutions being in between yeah that's um, the other one that I think of is young blood off of Revrad um, which was another song that I felt like I I don't know but I but in that case I've come around in a big way you might remember that I yeah. had some updated thoughts on Revrad yes, too and yep, I, yep. Um, and I, I would not get rid of Young Blood off of Rev Red, and I do like the song Young Blood, and I think it all works, and I think Rev Red's a great album. But my point is, is that it took me years to feel that way about Young Blood, and I still have you know misgivings on Ninety Nine Revolutions for sure. Trey. Or, you know, it's yeah. like there there are these things on albums that otherwise I, I like very much. And to me, as a listener, it's it's like the it's like the listening equivalent to like stubbing your toe. <laughs> you know, it's like everything's fun. you're just like walking around minding your own business, and then like just mindlessly, yeah, you stub your toe. You're like, oh fuck, you know, and it just hurts for like a second, and then like it just, but it still bothers you, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I I get it. There are not there are not moments. There are not songs that make me feel like I'm stubbing my toe on Saviors. Yeah, there's no toe stubbers on this record. No, not not to me. Not that's, that's great praise from you, to be honest, because I, yeah. I, I, I do remember your hang-ups with 99 Revolutions and with Youngblood. Um, yeah. And they, yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I definitely never felt as strongly as you... And didn't I don't think I ever I ever really agreed with you about Young Blood. Um, no, 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 no. But uh, but yeah, with Ninety Nine Revolutions, I kind of feel like uh, I don't know. I think maybe I I think I like it less now than I did when it came out. Yeah. 
just because I was like super high on on the on the allure of a new Green Day record, and uh, you know, I was giving it cutting it some slack, I guess. But um, but but now I do kind of I, I I can because I listen to I listen to the whole trilogy um, on the drive up to to visit you for your birthday for when we went mm-hmm. to see see the Dune re release um in the movie theaters and uh yeah you know it 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 does maybe kill the momentum a little bit um and i also agree yeah i think i I think this record is is one that does not have have that issue now i i remember on our uh our initial discussion you did mention father to his son as maybe being maybe being that 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 toe stubber a little bit yeah um where are you at now on that one it was more so that like the transition um from living in the 20s to father to a son i thought was like jarring because and we kind of talked about this too where it's like living in the 20s ends with like the most aggressive moment on the album and then goes into like the softest moment on the album and I think that they're trying to play with like this juxtaposition between these these two things for to to like harsh to soft and like doing it so immediately like that's supposed to be the effect. Um, I guess all I can say about that is I stand by my point that I think it could be done better, but I have to say that it it also doesn't really bother me as I've been listening to the album more and more like I just accept that that's the choice that they made and I do think it's a choice that works um and I I feel like I get why they did it so it's not something that bothers me I guess I just kind of feel like eh, maybe maybe they could have taken another pass at at that transition or or maybe I just disagree with like their artistic choice in in that way yeah but I I don't know but but I think it's fine for for what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I I I like him. I I I have come come to the conclusion that this song, cause cause this song really is, it, it does seem to be one of the sticking points um in in critiques, and really we'll get to, um the the general public the fans and you know publications and and stuff and, and and their thoughts on on the record um but father to his son does seem to be kind of a sticking point for some people in that they they they, they feel that it was hyped up a little bit too much or that it's it's you know kind of one of these signature green day sentimental ballads and maybe it does fall flat a little bit um yeah and that's a criticism that I think I understand, um, but I also think that it's going to be um, reappraised over over time, and I, I think people will really come around on it once they once they stop looking at it from like a perspective of like, oh, this is the next uh, September or the next Twenty One Guns or whatever. You know, I think. I think they were kind of hyped up in the same, or the forgotten, whatever. Uh, I think it was hyped up in the same vein, or uh, you know, people kind of, kind of had had false um, expectations. Or uh, and I, again, I said before, but I want to say again. I think where it really excels is the arrangement. I think it's a really, it's it's just, 
it's it it really blows me away even still uh listening to mm. it um and uh yeah so i think i think the general uh feeling about the song will will shift a bit in the in in the future i'm sure you're right about that and i, I think you're right too because i remember that's one of the things i mentioned was feeling like um I did have expectations placed on this song before listening to it, uh, you know, just because it it's, you know, a subject matter that Billy hasn't really addressed in his songwriting before being a, a father, you know, so explicitly and, and writing about, um, you know, his his uh, sentiments towards like fatherhood and the relationship with his children. Um, it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's that's like kind of new territory and like well the only other the only other song that covers that is is you know father of all motherfuckers where he just he's calling his kids motherfuckers and he's like yeah yeah which i did think was a weird choice it's a really strange choice he's just like these fucking motherfuckers they're always he's having fun with it you know (laughs) um but i and and so like i do also kind of get that where it's like if you go in with that expectation and feel like, you know, like, well, what's it going to be? Like, you kind of are setting yourself up for uh, disappointment, I think, because I, I, I still don't think the song reaches a height that, like, kind of um, meets whatever you're going to build up in your head in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I do think this song is better than 21 Guns, which you mentioned is in kind of like a similar vein. I'm like, I, I think it's at least better than that. So Are you a 21 Guns know. denier now? I'm not a denier. Uh, there's plenty of there are there are moments that I like on that. I like the verses. And I remember. A lot. I, and I the, feel the like you loved that song when it, it came out. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I remember making uh, my Facebook status. That's exactly your, the moment. That's, yes, that's the moment yes, that's coming to my memory. Your walks on broken yes, glass yeah. and the hangover doesn't pass. I yeah. remember thinking that line was like so fucking cool. I still think it's a cool line. I think yeah. I think the verses are really great. I do find it's one of those songs where I think the chorus is like very grating. And I, I don't think it's helped that it's been, um, you know, it, it, it was pushed so hard you know that it, it i think it also kind of carries the burden of feeling like it was overplayed and omnipresent of that of that time well the thing the, um, the, the, okay so in in my eyes it's i mean i i'm gonna preface this with with saying i i i love that song i love that song i like it i, I clearly like it more than you do um but it does kind of feel like a poor man's boulevard of broken dreams yeah and you know, you you mentioned it was overplayed and pushed hard, and it, it was. It was everywhere in 2009 when it was released as, as a single, but it was never as omnipresent as Boulevard was. And no, it didn't stick around. It did, yeah. and and but even in spite of of Boulevard being like ten times more in your face as Twenty One Guns, I still think that Boulevard is a better song. Well, of course, I think the difference is that. I, I literally just think that Boulevard is better. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me that it was overplayed because yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the song almost warrants it. Like when that song came out, it's like, I don't know. I think it kind of deserved to be overplayed. Whereas I don't think, I think 21 Guns being overplayed was artificial to like try sure. to get it to that point that Boulevard just reached on virtue of being a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, 
I, I think you're right about that. I think I, I think you're right. Now, I also know I I I kind of feel like Ordinary World when when uh, when Ordinary World came out and was put on Reverad especially because the song ex- existed before Reverad. Um, yeah. I, I I know that was a little bit of a you know you were a little bit critical of that song too. Um, I like that one a lot more now. Yeah. I think that one actually has stood the test of time, grown on me a lot. I really like the simplicity of it. You know, it really, really just feels like Billy and a guitar. You know, um, I, 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 I like it a lot actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think it's funny how. Um, well, actually, going back to you know you saying that you like that that you think Father to His Son is better than Twenty One Guns. I think that's like a super hot take for most of the uh, fandom at at large. Maybe I, I mean I don't I don't have any reservations about saying it. Yeah. I I definitely think it's better. Like it's gonna give 100%. me some. I mean I gotta chew on that for a little bit and then I'll I'll, I'll come back to you and because uh, you know I I was the one that made the comparison to to twenty tw- between twenty one guns and father to his son. I think that was what the expectation was um, that it was gonna be a song kind of in that vein, big ballad kind of thing. Um, yeah. Whereas I actually think Goodnight Adeline is maybe a closer one to one with Twenty One Guns, but right, um, and and Goodnight Adeline is ten times better. Yeah, than Twenty One Guns. I I'm I'm gonna there's there's no doubt about that in my mind. It just eviscerate like I feel bad for Twenty One Guns if you put those two songs next to yeah, each other. Yeah, one hundred percent. It just looks like garbage in comparison. Yeah, oh it's, my god, it's no contest. I I, I, no, I, I completely not at agree. All. Um, so. Are any of these songs, Connor, like like uh, have have your favorites changed at all? Have 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 any rows in your rankings um, since the release, or the I don't opposite? Know. It, the I don't know about it. We will probably have to come back to a ranking at some point. I don't know about that exactly, but um, I got it. I've I've enjoyed the back half of this album um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, so I just really love this, like, Susie Chapstick into Strange Days, into Living in the 20s. Like, that's such a good run of songs. Um, I don't know. Even, like, I guess I would throw in, it's like, whatever, Goodnight Adeline, Coma City, Corvette Summer. I, those are just all, I don't know, really, really good. But I guess I'm naming too much. I think specifically, um, Strange Days, Living in the 20s, and Coma City are like still like three big standouts to me. I like those a lot. I think yeah. they're really great songs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think so too. I um I my I, I think my my least favorite, the clear cut least favorites on my first few go rounds of the record. I I think they were uh strange days are here to stay and um <sighs> I, I, I kind of want to say living in the twenties, like, uh, like th- that, that pair kind of did kind of feel like the, uh, kind of the, j- just, just the worst section of the record. And, and that's even too harsh saying that is too harsh. Cause I, 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 I adored every song from the get go. So just, just know that when I'm talking about green day listeners, when I'm, when I'm like even slightly critical, like I, I, 
it, it, you don't take it as like somebody else, like some normal person that's like giving right. a when critique. You, when you say worst, you just mean like in comparison to all the other songs that you just liked more, but exactly. that none of them are bad. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess instead of worst, like least best, you know. Yeah. Um, but strange days are here to say, especially. Um, I have come around to massively, massively. It's 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 really uh, rose up in my in my rankings by leaps and bounds. I, I really fucking love that song. Um, and like singing along to it. Uh, and then I think for living in the twenties, the, the thing, the kind of hesitancy I had a little bit was that, I mean, part of me in the back of my mind was like, I feel like this is kind of a retread of horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah. And I get that. And I'm not like one to like really be like uh like I I am I'm, I'm pro recycling your own material and like riffing off of ideas and thoughts and vibes that you had before. Um so it was never yeah. like really a real problem, but I just kind of felt like the, what what they did for horseshoes and hand grenades they did better than living in the 20s. Um yeah. and I I mean I I don't know. I think I I also recently listened to 21st Century Breakdown again recent uh, within the last week or so, and that was the first time I listened to that record in in probably a couple of years really. Um, and I you know I I do love Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, but I, I mean after listening to it again, I think they they're they're more even parred than I than I maybe uh, thought they were. Um, and but there there are a lot of kind of uncanny similarities with i mean the there's the riff there's the screaming it's like it's it it, it is pretty similar but but not not necessarily in a bad way i don't know so you feel like um but but that hasn't really changed your opinion of living in the 20s being one of the the least best on the record I mean, at this point, it's just up there with everything else. It's not. It's it's not a least best. It's it's just a good track. Hmm. I've come around. So we're, I mean, we're, we're still kind of waiting for the dust to settle here. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I but but then also, this is like a record that it may not be a record where I feel like there are least best tracks. You know, because like there are Green Day records that I don't feel. Uh, that I don't feel have flaws that that, that de- detract for me personally, you know, like like those do exist. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I I do still think we have to wait for the dust to settle to to see if that's mm. the case. I get you, and that's sort of like that is a little bit of what I was saying, and how like I don't feel like there's any toe stubbers on this record. It's like yeah, you know, even the songs that I feel like I don't like as much. None of them really bother me. Even like the one that surprises me every time I listen to this record is Corvette Summer, which actually kind of like <clears throat> really makes me want to sing along. And like, I, I feel yes. like I get kind of caught up in it. Yeah. And there's like this rational part of my brain where it's like, Connor, this is the exact kind of Green Day song that like you should not like Connor, like this is this yes. is the clear-cut green day song that i should be criticizing and yes. saying i can't get over it right now and but i gotta tell you i just feel like it's so sincere and infectious that like i don't know i just gotta give it to them yeah i guess i like it i don't know yeah no i um 
this is a song that was like designed for I, I think for both of us to be skeptics of but you especially to to dislike you know like this is like one of the green day songs that like it's just in that that category that yeah that that, that you should not be a fan of it um but it it works i i i, th- I think it's i honestly think there are green day songs that are like I don't know if cliche rock and roll kind of ditties is the right way to phrase it, but um, that's like a genre of song kind of yeah. that Billy Joe does like to toy around with. And this almost seems like the perfection of that art in a way. Um, like I, I saw that, that, that the band was rehearsing this song recently Corvette summer and it's like mm. there are so many songs on this record that I want to hear live more than Corvette Summer, you know. But then also I'm like, fuck, how rad would that be to sing along to in a stadium? Yeah, like are you? Kidding I mean, they, me? they, they, like they, they, they made their own. I want to rock and roll all yes. night. <laughs> yes, you know. And they're like, maybe we can just swap that out, yeah. you know, in the track list, I know. and no one will yeah. notice. Yeah. I mean, but they'll also still play rock and roll all night. They'll do both. <laughs> they'll yeah. Do both. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so I think that's th- that. That about <clears throat> sums it up for me, at least. I mean, it's it's uh, no, same. Yeah, it's it's a great record. It really is. I'm I'm I I'm still over the moon about it. I I'm still listening to it way too much, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, so you know, we we will we will revisit yeah. it in it's... in time. It's a record. It just feels solid all the way through. You know, yeah. you imagine like just kind of banging your hand up against it, and uh, it just it's there. There's a core to it. You know, yes, it's sturdy, um, built to last. You yeah. know, people say that they don't make records like this anymore, but Rob Cavallo and the boys proved those those de- detractors wrong. Um, but you know, maybe not everybody thinks that. Maybe not everybody in the world will will agree with us. Um, I'm excited to see who those people are. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it might just be the usual suspects. There is a Mr. A Fantano who, oh boy. who uh, you know, was he, he, he did release a review of saviors i think he released it pretty close to when the album came out it was it was a little while ago so we've kind of um dragged our feet on on watching it uh mr anthony fantano aka the needle drop aka melon head aka ronald mcdonald's busiest okay sure yes and then the the, (laughs) what is it the internet's busiest Music nerd. Music nerd. Yeah. He is a music nerd. Um, and, I mean, he he has been making the rounds in the news, Connor, recently. Uh, Hasn't he? he? He Famously, he reviewed the new Kanye West album, Vultures. Yeah. Oh, right. I did and he, see that. Yeah, yeah. And he was dragged through the coals for uh, dissing that record. Um because you know he he just he just had 
to talk about how Kanye West was a Nazi. You know? And, uh... So it's... <laughs> couldn't just leave that out of it, Couldn't right? leave that out of Come you. on, buddy. Just this one little tiny insignificant thing... And then he, he brings up all the ways in which, like, it actually informs the lyricism on the <laughs> yeah, record. Yeah, like, there's actual, there's actual, like, lyrics about, uh, you know, yeah. you know Kanye West's uh Yeah, no, I, I did, uh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, here, here's the thing that, that it, uh, it's kind of made, it's kind of made me feel a bit conflicted about this man, okay? Because... I there are a lot of things that I agree with him on. Uh, one, I agree with him that Nazis are bad. Mm. Get that, get Old that out of the way. Thank yeah, you know I, I, you know I, I, I like I, I'm, I'm a bit of a courageous, uh, brave, um, patriot. Yes, you know, um, but not like the Nazi kind of patriot. Like, no, no, you know, no, 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 no. Like the OG, because 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 as you said, you think they're bad. Yes, they, they and they are. They are. Um, but but no, like for real, he's 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 he has decent politics. Like he's you know he he uh, he he's on the right side of history here for sure. Um, but his review, his review of Green Day, it's like. Man, pick a, it's like, man, pick a side, I mean, you know? But you knew. There's no way he was going to listen to this thing and be like, oh, yeah, like, I loved it. This yeah. is an eight. Like, no, I know, I, mean, I know. Yeah. Um, no, I, okay, so we just watched the review. We just watched the review of, of Saviors by The Needle Drop. And I, I actually, um, I, I, it, it was not as horrific as i thought it would be no uh you know because because famously we 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 have kind of we do have kind of a vendetta against him well yeah i mean as the green dudes the only green day podcast that matters you know, we sit down and we're taking all this time to discuss one song after the other. We're devoting a lot of time to to look closely at uh, Green Day's discography. And in the video where he covers Green Day's discography, he makes a lot of claims that do not give the impression that it was given a fair shake. Um, I think was kind of our takeaway. Like yeah. there's there's some some broad brushstrokes there that really feel like really we're just gonna say that Thirty Nine Smooth and Kerplunk are the same and that it's not worth digging into. Like even considering that they might fall on different tiers in your in your ranking, like they're yeah. just completely inseparable to you. They might as well be the same record. Like that's what you're saying. Um, Things like that were what particularly I think rubbed us the wrong way. You're right, and to be honest, that really that invalidates the whole review. Really, like it's that's like I mean, in my opinion, that's like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So uh, yeah, I mean, to kind of go back to what you're saying, it's it's not that we think Anthony Fantano is a bad guy, and again, we would not want to have our devoted listenership you know, go and attack this man. 
This is this is not to start an internet feud, and I say that with complete sincerity because I know that our listeners would do it. They are. Uh, they, they, so they 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 would do it. Um, what I'll say right now is is Dude Nation, stand down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do not condone any uh, online harassment. No, we do not. Um, of, of any kind. So, um, Unless the melon had like, started. Yeah. We'll, we'll cross that bridge if we ever come to it. I think that we have a, a healthy respect and a good understanding of one, one another, <laughs> us and uh, yeah. Melon. Totally. Uh, so, that all being said... The Savior's review. Yeah. yeah I, even even like with his Green Day discography review, it's like even though there were plenty of parts where we're shaking our heads or he, he makes plenty of uh, points that I agree with. I think they bother him a lot more than it bothers me or you, but I... I do completely get what he's saying. So yeah, I I I thought a lot of his his points were understandable, um, and yeah, a lot of it are you know I think a lot of the things about Green Day that he complains about for him they are bugs, but for us maybe they are features. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and th- there are parts where I think he he does miss the mark a little bit, like. Especially, you know, he's critiquing the American dream is killing me and is calling it kind of like a Broadway number, um, which which I feel like he, he's solely referencing the the breakdown part with the strings. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a 10 second part of the song. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he finds the what we kind of describe as the American idiot sound of the whole song in general, though. I think he kind of associates that maybe with like the American idiot musical yeah, itself. Yeah. And, and just kind of feeling like the sound that, uh, um, you know, is on that record, I guess. And that like, they're sort of tapping into with this song. I think he, he finds that to be kind of putting punk rock through a, um, mainstream digestible radio friendly filter yeah you know and uh, it's just a weird thing to complain about now i don't i don't even know it's it's okay it's a weird thing to complain about that and also complain about the pedophiles line because (laughs) yeah i mean you're not gonna you're not you're not you know taylor a song that is tailor made for, for, you know, for radio, the radio rock treatment. Like if it was tailor made intentionally to be radio rock, that line would not be included. Like I, I understand it's a, it's a very uncomfortable line and it bothers you and and it that's totally under like of course that's a it's a, it's, a, it's a I mean that's the intention it, it it's a, it's intended to bother you, um, mm-hmm. and I I don't blame people for not being able to get over that you know. But I mean, I don't feel like you can. I don't feel like those critiques are compatible. Yeah, I get what you mean. I do, um, and I think you're right for yeah. the most part. Yeah, no, I mean it's um, because I think I think it's comparable to um, the bridge on Holiday, where they just censor. Uh, 
you know, the F slur. Well, and yeah. so I, I, I mean, think it's, I, I think it's a similar moment that like they have proven can be a radio hit, but I, but I agree that I think from Billy's intention as a songwriter and what the band is trying to do, like that's, that's not what this song was, you know? Well, well yeah, that's, I think that just goes to show that like in spite of them, you know, wanting to be subversive and you know make people uncomfortable or think about things in different ways that yeah yes they can still be commercially viable but they i don't i I don't think that they wrote this song with that intention like i don't think i i really don't like it's in the same american idiot vein but like i just it's 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 not sanded down smoothed over i mean I think one of the only songs you can make that argument for would be like Revolution Radio, you know, like. Yeah, I agree. Or Know Your Enemy. The big thing, yeah, Know Your Enemy. But I think the big thing, too, it, like that, I think that I would say supports your point and is part of the reason that I agree with you, too, is because if they were really trying to, like, push that or find success within that, then I don't believe they would just. Uh, limit what they're doing to this one song like yes, yeah this is very clearly just like kind of the introductory song to the record and then this sound doesn't crop up anywhere else you know this is kind of the outlier of the album actually and i think it serves a really cool purpose as as being the introduction to the record and and i like that it opens with this kind of like bombast and theatricality to it that like they then sort of um you know, shed and and don't really return to yeah, for yeah. The, the rest of the album. Absolutely, no. I think I think you're right about that too. It's it it's it's not meant to be a return to American Idiot uh, status quo for them. Um, and then another another thing that is all over the review is uh, Fantano's uh, just just. You know, he despises how he interprets Billy kind of uh, uh, stylizing, crazy. stylizing himself as, oh, I'm a crazy, kooky guy. And I tell you, that's, that's, I've got <laughs> yeah. all these problems. I'm such an unhinged, deranged weirdo. Oh, look at me. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, like, obviously, we know what he's talking about, we know where he's pulling that from. But it's like, again, I think it misses the point. I think it just misses the point. I don't, because, like, I don't think he's, I don't think Billy on this record is, he's not trying to be Manic Pixie Dream Billy, you know? Like, he, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're like, Billy on this record in a lot of uh, the songs, and, and this is a through line throughout the their entire catalog is, you know, it's it's kind of like he's got one foot in the gutter is kind of the the mm-hmm. feeling that I've got and um and and I think he uh for some reason Fantano thinks that this is maybe um uh not not sincere or or uh I don't know outrageous yeah. for outrageousness sake or something right just like how he, he I think he kind of ties this into the other point of like how um uh he feels like the music that Green Day makes um, 
is is not really um, sharp or pointed, you know, and and you know doesn't necessarily um, like include the the tenets of punk rock, right? Like I think he also has a really hard time um, reconciling or or like um, considering these ideas. You know, well, it's not, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because I, I think that he'd be like very quick to say, he's like, well, it doesn't bother me, right? He's like, I just don't think they are punk. And um, that's that's a whole discussion. That's a, that's a whole episode and more, you that know. Is. But it's also like, the, the, but the world has moved on from that. Like whoever, like, like who gives a shit if they're punk or not? Like what, like, I don't even know. Like, uh, like uh, is, why is that in your argument? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know, but I, but I think for him, it's all the same. It's like Green Day's making music that they say is like rebellious and punk rock. And he's like, yet it isn't. And Green Day's using this lyricism of them being, you know, crazy or unhinged. And yet they aren't like, sure, he, sure. he doesn't feel like these things like coexist, you know, I, or he, I, he, I, yeah. he, he sees it as like a facade. No, I, 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 I think that that is exactly what he means by that. Um, I think where he goes wrong is that he, I, I, it just makes me feel like he doesn't understand what is what has been behind Green Day's punk ethos from the beginning. You know, like mm. what what the important parts were from the beginning. I, 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 I think he might might be, you know, not totally clued into to, uh, you know, who they are as a band entirely. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd be willing to admit that because I don't think he, you know, he certainly doesn't actually listen to them. He just yeah. reviews them, you know, when, when it'll be advantageous for him or, just or for when, clicks. Uh, for when a new album comes out. But like, you know, I, I'm sure he'd be, you know, very freely would admit that, um, he doesn't listen to Green Day. So, and I think Baker. this might be a weird thing for me to say on a Green Day podcast where we discuss all the songs and and all that but honestly i kind of feel like he's taking the album a little bit too seriously yeah i agree um because i I, you know it's obviously we also take it very seriously we talked about it for long enough as it is um and, and have a lot of thoughts on it that we already shared but like i'm also kind of fine with encompassing those thoughts within this idea of like you know, these guys are in their 50s and they're essentially making like a fun rock record and then they're going to like go on this huge arena tour. Like, I feel like that kind of informs my opinions of the album and the way that they approach songwriting and stuff, too. And to me, that's OK. To me, yeah. it's like fine that, you know, these guys are, are just continuing their career and they put out just like a good, solid rock album I don't need it to be rage against the machine, you know. Yes, absolutely. I yeah, I I I agree with that too. I think it's um I think a lot of people maybe cannot get over the contradiction of you know what Green did with American Idiot and 21st and you know the 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 shift in their image and kind of reconciling that with them still being the same band from the nineties. I think that, I think that there's a contradiction there for some people that they can't get over and it comes off, you know, it does come off as a, as a facade or as, you know, whatever punk sellouts to, 
some people. Um, but they were never Rage Against the Machine. You know, oh. obviously the closest they got was American Idiot, uh, and and I mean, and, and, and that was miles away. That you was know? still I mean, miles away, exactly. For what yeah. it's worth, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so I think. I I I really do think it just it boils down to where you're you're coming at the band from I guess. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up was you know he and this was obvious that this was going to be his least favorite song as we talked about it's tailor made for people like him to hate. Uh, Corvette Summer, Corvette Summer he he absolutely despises. He called it trash cock rock. Yeah. He he said it, it it it's all babes and bikinis and beers, and and I in my head I'm like that's fucking badass. What the fuck? Like that's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what what's wrong with that? Yeah, I uh, yeah it it is one of those like when you said uh, some things are going to be interpreted as a bug and not a feature or but like this is we already talked about this even before we started talking about his opinions on it. But it's like that kind of is the what this song is tapping into and i i do think that like more often than not i also would not like that um i think the big difference is that you know fantano is saying that it feels like that that's what like the song is uh talking about and yet the song itself actually does not talk about it has nothing to do with it and so i do kind of think it has that feeling right of being like a vapid larger than life cock rock anthem it's so weird but like it's it's actually just a love letter to rock and roll and like driving around with your windows down and like those two things are not the same you know yeah yeah i mean i i i I saw somewhere else that um someone was like yeah corvette summer is like it kind of sucks it's just all about like a rich guy who like who like drives around in Corvettes. He just like loves his Corvette and stuff. And he's like a car guy. I'm like, that's just not what the song's about. Like it just like yeah. the, 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 the name and the, the general vibe of the song is deceiving. Um, and I mean the, the cock rock labeling, like I, that's kind of a fun, uh, edgy take to have, but I don't. I don't think it's cock rock. Like, I mean, I, 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 I kind of guess I get where you're coming from, but, but, but it's in reality, I feel like it's more like southern rock, power pop, kind of early '80s stuff. That's that you know could maybe lead into the the uh, the era of cock rock, but mm-hmm. I, I, I do still think it's it has not crossed that line. No, I agree. Honestly, this this song sounds like it could be on um, Black Sabbath's Technical Ecstasy, which I think uh, came out, I don't know when, in the... Uh, I think that was an 80s album. That was yeah. their second-to-last album, initially with Ozzy. It's not to say that uh, Corvette Summer sounds like a metal song. It's more that like Black Sabbath, you know, legendary, noted... Uh, fucking metal musicians who many credit to like fucking making the genre weren't even like making metal at that point in their yeah, career yeah, yeah. either they were just making rock music yeah i'm just saying like you know and yeah, that's like funny that's because that's yes. kind of the dna to me like yeah, that's what absolutely. It, it sounds like absolutely yeah i mean like there there's a <laughs> just a certain 
part, uh, a certain point in your career where you you start writing songs about rock and roll, and uh, yeah, and I mean, for a song about rock and roll, this is a pretty good one. So I mean, yeah, I think I think Fantano's off base, of course. Um, and then okay, can we touch on just a few things that yeah. that yes he, that he was like positive about? Yes, and, yeah. uh, go ahead. Just to just to be a little you know fit because I don't want this to just be a takedown because there again we we kind of said that there were a few things we we said that he liked. Um, I like that he mentions like the the Weezer vibes because that was one of the first things that we said too. Even yeah, at the definitely. listening party, um, so I was like, hey, that's cool. Like we you know we're in agreement there. I think that they were kind of kind of you know rolling with that, and um, I think he had good things to say about living in the twenties. Um, yeah, he did, but then also he said something like, "It sounds like it's like it's tailor made for like a rock festival kind of thing." And like, yeah, maybe. I, 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 I mean, that kind of seems like a criticism, a little like a corporate festival, and like I, I don't know if yeah, I, totally I guess agree you're right. That. Maybe, maybe okay, okay. And then um, I think he praised, oh yeah, like the Ramones kind of sound, yes, yeah, or yeah. like you know, um, 1981 so City. I, yeah, Coma City, Look Mono Brains even kind yeah. of threw in there. As, and so, like, he thought there was, like, a good energy. He didn't like the shit the bad line, though. No. Um, but us. Because, us, because the, he connects. <laughs> we're the diarrhea dudes. Yeah, we get right. it. Yes. No, and he connects that back, right? It's like, oh, Billy's so crazy. Yeah, why? You I know, know why? Yeah. Um, but, like, that shit. I don't, I'm surprised he didn't talk about the, I got a robot and I'm fucking a senseless yeah, line. That would have yeah, been you're gold. Right. How do you yeah. not call that out? I don't know. That was a missed opportunity for him. You're right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I don't know. I like I like that shit. He does have good stuff to say about it. He does. Um, he just the for him the negative weighs it down so 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 much more. But I I don't know. I agree with the positive stuff he said, and I even with some of the negative stuff he said. You know, I again like we said, I agree. Um, it just doesn't. It's it's not a criticism for me in the same way, even if I if I get where he's coming from. Yeah, no, I I I, I do. You know his his uh, his criticism of father to his son. I, I I do understand. Like we, I mean, we pretty much said the same thing earlier in this episode. You know, although we like the song more than he does. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to talk about is like, I do I feel like he did kind of miss the point of Saviors as as a title track in the song and um, yeah, just like how um, that publication did before the song. Yeah, I think yes, we, yes, we've seen that opinion twice now at least we have. And uh, I mean, just just you know, he, he he was pulling out like it's trying to be an against me song. Like, I mean. I don't know. I feel like maybe he listened to it once or half listened to it once and uh that was it because I mean he's just he's just not not on base with that one. Yeah. And um yeah, the interpretation that like he, you know, he kind of tiptoed around the idea that like Green Day's saying that oh they are the saviors and that uh you know, rock and roll whatever. Um, and I mean, I, I, I just, I, I think there's a lot of, um, assumptions here and, uh, you know, ideas that maybe he was predisposed to. Um, yeah, I think this is a classic Dune misreading. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. 
Yeah, you know, now now Green Day will will bring peace and love throughout, <laughs> throughout all the yeah. galaxy. They are the saviors. Um yeah, so it's just it's it, it it's just missing the point. Um obviously I I do kind of get like we 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 we, we get those misinterpretations. I think it's I think it's like a lack of critical uh not, I mean, just just a lack of critical, uh, like thinking, I guess. Uh, not that they can't do it. Not, I mean, obviously, I think Fantano is a very smart man, and and and, but I, I just don't think that he he gave this one enough time to. I don't think he he uh, looked this one over quite enough to to kind of get the get the gist. Yeah, but at the same time, like, it's tough because I don't think any amount of time listening to this album for him would change his opinion yeah, either. Yeah, maybe not. I I think the kind of music fan that he is, you know, he doesn't feel like what Green Day is doing musically or lyrically is, like, interesting or engaging enough to warrant any more critical thought than he's already given it you know and he's he's very quick to write them off as um you know commercial rockers and um that's that's kind of the the constant back and forth because it's like on the one hand i wouldn't even necessarily say that he's wrong i just like green day obviously are like uh titans you know he's one of the biggest rock bands on the planet they they are commercial rockers at the end of the day um but the reason that you and i talk about them as much as we do um and and follow them the way that we do is because you know we we believe that there's just more value and and insight uh within their music that that he's gonna like really give a fair shake to like he's he's never going to hear that you know because he's not even that he's not listening for it like he just doesn't believe it's there you know and i don't know it doesn't bother me because it's like i i don't know because i i in in some ways i almost get it like if i were it's like why not right why wouldn't you think that about green day if you haven't been listening to green day your whole life yeah 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 no i i i I I just disagree no i i i think you're spot on i think you've summed him up pretty well um that's that's the uh yeah that that's just where he is as a music listener and and reviewer and and yeah he's in a realm far off from where we stand and so it's uh so yeah of course of course he is going to have a a different view of things the last thing i wanted to uh mention about the this review is something that i actually also like something that also kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit um on first listen at least uh was he points to the the line on fancy sauce uh, everyone's a victim and it makes me want to puke. Mm. And, you know, he, he kind of pointed out that that was maybe, uh, d- did not mesh well with, with, uh, the rest of Billy's critiques on, on American society and, you know, uh, late stage capitalism without obviously never mentioning that, but, but kind of the, the, 
the broad brushstrokes of the American dream is killing me. Um, it's it's like coming from maybe a more left wing vantage point, whereas the everyone's a victim making you want to puke is you know kind of kind of sounds like a right wing talking point where uh you know mm. all these lefties these blue haired do you know blue hairs and pronouns thinking that the world everyone's out to get them whatever you know yeah um yeah. so i i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on on that because because that was that was also a line that i i did have to think about for for a little bit um at first yeah you know that one doesn't bother me i guess to me i don't feel like there's a contradiction there and anthony fantano's reading of it was like oh you know could it be that he's in character um and he's like if if people are victims of capitalism you know then like how how does this line make sense in relation to that but i think it's more of like a I think I think this whole idea of like everyone's a victim and it makes me want to puke actually fits in with um, like the whole problem of like living in the twenties and looking around and like seeing all the issues and it's like twofold where you know I think I think Billy's sort of like separating problems that people face into like legitimate and then vapid or nonsensical. And I guess I took this reading as like, we see so often going on social media, um, that uh, people are very quick to paint themselves as victims. And it's not to delegitimize that because of course it, it doesn't mean you're not either. But I think we also see very clearly how that is um, utilized to make content and the way that people like take the issues that they're facing and turn it into like the slop that ends up on your feed as you're endlessly scrolling and like people, people take these, these actual things that are happening to them and um, like transmute it into garbage, you know, and, and, and they, and they do it, you know, either because they're attention seeking or to make a quick buck or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that he's like sort of calling that out. And I, I don't think it's, Especially when it's paired with the uh, everyone is famous line, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, So I don't know, because I don't think that Billy is not saying that people are not victims under capitalism. It's just more so that, like, the the problem is, like, the desire for victimhood, I think, that he sees. You know, that that people use victimhood as, like, um, part of their, like, social currency and identity and and then i think that also like delegitimizes some of the larger problems that billy is like kind of tackling and trying to address here and i know that like that's a tightrope and i know a lot of things that i i just said i think very easily could be twisted to be like oh well so you don't think this is a problem or this it's like it's like it's not that 
that I mean, but it's it's more in like the ways that like we we see the explosion and people filming themselves doing everyday things yeah. or like and like this has become the new normal. Like it's it's sort of ha- have to, had to have been. And there's just like this arms race in um you know documenting things and trying to to control social opinion and the narrative and like i don't know i don't have like a sharp point to make here i think i've said a lot of things like surrounding it but that's that's what this line makes me think of i think your 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 thoughts were pretty sharp i i honestly i i thought um you hit the nail on the head in a way that i i have not been able to get to um up to this point i think that makes perfect sense i think i i think you're closer to the intention than than uh than not i think you're absolutely right um the way i have kind of been thinking about it is because you know the everyone's a victim thing is uh you know obviously i i mentioned before it's it's a right-wing uh talking point but also when you actually look into it when you actually look into who is playing victim i mean i think it's almost undeniable that the right-wingers are right they're really the ones that love to play victim about everything um and so so i think there is kind of an irony in that um and 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 i I think there might be a little bit of uh of data play as well because um you know it's it's just like it's it's largely projection on on the part of the people that are making those those arguments um so so yeah i i don't know i think it i i do think this is another thing where where mr fantana was was a bit off base but i I also don't think he's he's given it um as much time as we have (laughs) no yeah so i agree with your point there and uh yeah you know it's all all in in uh, healthy respect of uh, one another as as music listeners, uh, the Green Dudes and Anthony Fantano. Of yeah, course. absolutely. And just a good way to kind of facilitate conversation. Look at how much we've talked about more about saviors just by going through the review year. So one hundred percent. I like I like having the other side of the discussion too. I like seeing what people have have to critique and 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 places where we don't agree because it, yes. it kind of encourages you to maybe push your thinking and and you know consider like what are what are your points what are the things that you like yeah about no record? i i, I couldn't agree more it. i couldn't agree more and uh you know anthony fantano again if you're listening to this you have an open invitation you can come on the pod we can uh we can we can have a chat about all things green day um, I, I'm sure that sounds very appealing to you. I'm sure that you know. <laughs> I would love to do that. That'd be. Fun. I would love to do that. Yeah, no, for real, for real. Hit us up. We'll we'll make it happen. Um, next up, I I wanted to cover uh the pitchfork review a little bit. I'm not sure if wow yeah. I'm not sure if if you've read it or uh, what you've no. seen. No, I don't know um, anything about it. I don't know what score they gave it. You'll okay. have to walk me through it. Yeah, so, Connor, wh- what are your thoughts on Pitchfork as a publication today in the year of our Lord, 2024? Obviously, it's been going through major changes. There kind of has has been a discourse about um, it being bought out and people getting laid off and 
if it's good, if it's bad, you know, uh, yeah. I wanted to get kind of your thoughts. They get a lot of flack. They've gotten a lot of flack for a long time just for being like, uh, I think the, the, the popular opinion for a while is they're just like pretentious hipsters reviewing mainstream music, you know, and, um, kind of like shitting on, on things that, that people like, or they're sort of like self aggrandizing and considering themselves, you know, uh, very self important voices in like the, the musical landscape. Uh, that means, I don't know. I think I've never like read pitchfork, but I have used them as a resource to like find new albums and you know, Oh, what are, what do these guys think? Or like, Hey, you know, what's, uh, you know what I really like that they do? Not that this is unique necessarily, but they, a lot of times they'll put out, um, really good compilations of like music coming out this month or, uh, you know, like these are the albums to look forward to in next quarter or next year. Or like, I like looking at their lists in that way so I can scroll through and be like, wow, you know, fucking 40 of these 50 albums look like they suck to me, but I'm going to check out these 10, you know? Um, that all being, wait, was that your question? What do I think about Pitchfork? Yeah. I guess that's what I think. Okay. Yeah. They're all right. They don't bother me. No, that, that's, that's fair. I, um, I, so for me and Pitchfork, like I, I have no love for them really. I think, uh, usually, um, our opinions are like pretty much uh, totally we're we're on totally opposite ends of the spectrum of of art and taste um but i do think they're a good resource for for music fans and for artists and uh and i don't have a problem with them existing <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. where kind of where i am um now so for for uh their green day review connor they gave it a 5.1 uh, All right. Their their tagline for the review was attempting to cement their title as a legacy rock act. Green Day absorbed the kind of lazy regression they once rallied against. Hmm. What did they give Father of All? Um, I that's a great question. I think to it, make Saviors seem like a regression to them. I I think they gave it a similar. Right here, actually, I got it right here. Do you want to guess? Wow! Mm. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Okay. Uh, two point five. Connor, they gave it a six point seven. Oh shit! Oh wow! So your surprise was the other way. Yes. That's hilarious. They gave it a six point seven. Hey, solid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I. We we are foam um, believers, yeah. Um, so that that is nice that they 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 seemed as far as a Green Day record goes, they 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 really gave it a fair shake here. Um, yeah, as far as as Saviors um, being lower than foam on Pitchfork, that that is a little bit surprising. Yeah, it is. It is. But in a way, it's like, I guess I I feel like maybe I get it because one of the things that I like about Foam that I could see Pitchfork sharing is like, one, it's a very short record, and two, the sound is very different for Green Day. And I think both of those things are like clear showcases for like Green Day making a, a, 
I would say, a bold decision to do something very different. And that, that's also why the album cover is great for all the people who uh, don't like the foam album cover. Yes. You are just wrong. Um, and And so, like... I also don't think Pitchfork probably has a lot of, like, love or respect for Green Day's, like, more recent albums coming out. And I could see them feeling like Foam is, like, almost an experimental turn for them and would yeah. give them points for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it, too, when you come from that angle. Um, it's just weird how 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 much they differ from from other critical uh lenses on the internet um and yeah the reviews are by different people as well but i don't think the 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 reviewer does not assign the the score i don't think on pitchfork i think the the publication they vote on it or something um so i just want to to read a few excerpts from the review of saviors here uh to start uh billy joe armstrong says that he listens to punk rock every day he wants you to know that Green Day recorded their 14th album, Saviors, while all three members were physically present in the same room because, and this part is important, that's what real rock bands do. So they're they're starting off this review with like, I don't know. They 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 think that's silly or something, or they think that 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 you know Billy placing importance on a rock band being in the same room together is like lame. I don't know what like what what do you think the intention with that line was? I I think that they would probably point to a lot of examples that show that that doesn't have to be true, and I think that it's just a kind of like butting heads against. Um, you know, Billy sort of having a, an older, you know, boomer kind of mentality of like, well, this is just how it's done. You know, got to get three guys in a room to make rock and roll. And meanwhile, you know, whatever 20 or 30 something probably wrote this. It's like, well, that's not true. You can just send files back and forth. I don't know. I don't think either of them are wrong. I think it's better to be in a room. But I, I think it's just a a contention of of old and new. Yeah, I, I think so too. I also I'll go even farther than you though, and I do think that the, that Ariel Gordon is 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 the person who wrote this review. I think Ariel is wrong. I yes, you can make amazing records by by sending files back and forth. We have done that together, Connor. We and we that's something that's totally fine we've made great songs there's great albums that have been made that way um but i think making this kind of rock and roll i think making this this kind of rock and roll album i i i mean i don't think it's even it's not a question in my mind that it's that that, that the, you know having the, the all the members in the bands uh in a room together benefits it i think that's i think that's part of it I, I think that's yeah. part of the energy and part of the cohesion of of a rock record like this. And um, so that's just how I know for sure. I, I think it's hard to argue against. I mean, like, I guess what I will say is I think every album would benefit from having the people who make it be together when they were make the album. If your album doesn't benefit from 
physically being present with the other collaborators on the record, all that says to me is that your collaboration is not worthwhile, you know? Um, because I do think it's true that being together should be a benefit. If it's not, then it's like, are you even really collaborating? It's not that you can't collaborate online, but if being together does not enhance your collaboration, then what does that say about the art that you're making in the first place? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, so they go on to uh, say, it's not the first time the band has trotted out its bona fides. 2016's Revolution Radio was similarly promoted as a back-to-basics rock record. Saviors isn't a return to form so much as another overcorrection. Professional rebels trying to live up to their status as Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Mm. I, 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 I yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like this is an assumption. I really do because for Revolution Radio, yes, I think. I think there was a clear idea of that being a return to form. I really, I, I, I do. I mean, yes, but this, I mean, I, I don't think that's in the, I don't think that's baked into the DNA of this record in the same way. No, I agree. And that's something that we've already addressed too, because there's been plenty of praise from the green day fandom of like, Oh, you know, this is, this is back to what we wanted, you know, fuck foam. Uh, and so like, if, if you're like, if that's your narrative, then I can, I can see how you would consider this to again, be like a, a back to green day sound kind of deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that is something that I, that I disagree with. It sounds like this reviewer kind of feels like, um, the band is trying to make like this larger than life rock album to like further their legacy. Uh, but again, I think it's really just like a, pr <laughs> a pretty good fun rock album. Uh, I don't know. I guess I find that to be just as interesting. I do think there's like a, a matter of expectations and assumptions playing into it because it's like they seem to be saying that because Green Day are as big as they are that like there is this kind of weight in their release that if they don't meet a certain like standard or expectation then it must be a failure in some ways right uh but I don't know I don't think that that stops this from being a good record I, I think that Titanic rock bands should be allowed to put out pretty good albums, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't even think that, that this would be viewed as an overcorrection or a correction at all. If it wasn't for foam, like, I don't think, I think people just are under the assumption that because foam came out and it was so different and it was panned that they swung back into a more, uh, palatable direction, intentionally like and that 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 that's the whole point of this record whereas that like i i mean and sure that could have been a thought but it's it's just it's it's not the main that's not the main focus of the record that's not the idea behind it there, there's there's no um there's nothing to back that up 
So yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, she goes on to say the guitars are overdriven to the point of parody, like a rock preset on garage band. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anything. Guess I, don't have, what? I don't have anything to add to that. I don't agree. I don't Guess know. what fucker though. You can make good fucking sounds on garage band. Like, are you stupid? Yeah, yeah, especially if you're not in the same room as someone. Yeah, you know, yeah. Files back and forth. <laughs> it's a good way exactly. to do it. It's a good way to do it, exactly. Um, she goes on to, you know, be upset about the 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 solo on One Eyed Bastard being, or or the the yeah the guitar being similar to Pink's. So what? Obviously, she had to bring that up. Um, and then she she says that the. The opening riff of "Living in the Twenties is indebted to Blur. Hmm. Not the Hives. Uh, blur. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. You're making me like Pitchfork less than I did when you <laughs> asked me how I felt about them. Oh, well, you know, that was the intention, so I'm glad I'm getting my point across. No, I, I mean, I, I, I just, it just, I, I don't know. It smacks of not fucking listening to the, to the thing. Like, it, this is a, it's a garage rock song. Blur is like Brit rock, like, and Green Day does do that, you know? It's just, it's, it's just, this is not when they do it. Um, let's see, so... They're talking about how how the band is eager to embrace their UK influences. Uh, then it says, but it often feels like Green Day are pantomiming some other band rather than embracing the three-piece rapport that made their early records so maddeningly catchy. Bassist Mike Durnt is barely audible in the mix, and Trey Cool's drumming remains perfectly proficient, keeping time and nothing more. What? What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. Did you listen to this one time on your fucking cell phone speakers? Like (laughs) off of your iPhone speakers? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Go back to the fucking records you loved that you gave whatever, 7.2 or whatever, like listen to the bass there compare it like come on man like we've said it before and we'll say it again this is the clearest the bass has sounded in in ages and mike is fucking that's i feel fucking aggrieved on his behalf honestly he fucking kills it on this record and ariel gordon is is saying it's barely audible in the mix must not listen close enough God fucking damn it, dude. And then, you know, Trey keeping time and nothing more. I mean, I don't Yeah, that one, I don't, I don't really get how you can save it. Like perfectly, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like there's almost this admission that like Trey's so good, like kind of an agreement. They're like, man, like perfectly proficient, right? It's like Trey's so good. It feels like they can't even appreciate like the the level of peak performance at which he, at which he's playing like yeah. it, it sounds like so perfect as to be like 
like you know divorced from like the passion of him sure. as an artist sure. or a drummer like you know like yeah yeah i mean it's it's just a very it's it's a very way a strange way to to phrase that and i mean trey does do a lot of cool things on his record that i i, I don't think they're giving him credit for either um okay we're gonna i've got two two more things to say uh she says elsewhere it's hard to tell if he billy joe is for or against enhanced policing or anti-racism it's a blessing that in 46 minutes armstrong never sings the word woke uh i'm (sighs) we've talked about how um you know, a lot of times Billy will kind of wrap his his uh, political opinions in like he he delivers them with like big emotional, uh, sometimes vague like verses or lines, but but I can't really see being confused as to what Billy's uh, opinion is on like the police force or racism. Like I, 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 I get, I get Anthony Fantano's like, Hey, I don't think you're taking your criticism far enough and it isn't specific enough to be effective. I'm like, Oh, well that makes sense to me. Like that's stuff that I've said about green day before too. Like, um, but I kind of always come back to, um, I think Billy writing his songs much more emotionally than he does like in a way where he's trying to pinpoint something specific. Uh, I, I don't understand feeling, I don't, I don't get how you would like listen to these songs and be like, man, I just don't know what Billy Joe thinks or feels about this kind of stuff. Um, like what the fucking line, uh, don't call the cops word on the street as they all quit their jobs. Like, I don't know. Like I, I get that that's not like a fucking sharp criticism where it's like, damn, I can't believe Billy said that, but I don't see how you would read that as an endorsement of the police force. No, no, absolutely not. And I mean, I, I, it just kind of strips away the, the baked in knowledge of this band, the cultural knowledge of this band. Like it's, it's, in a vacuum, okay, maybe you can question that. I mean, I, that that's even arguable because, because like you said, it's not an endorsement of of uh, police in America at all. You know, it's at the very least a critique. And um, but this just kind of it take you know puts it in in a vacuum. Um, whereas all the rest of the criticism is 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 kind of bogged down by their heavy legacy so i don't it that's a good point you know that's true right where's where's all this criticism coming from them as like a oh legacy rock act hall of famers and and now it's like man i don't know what billy joe thinks about uh yeah you know about our current political situation really yeah you don't know he's pretty loud about it he is quite loud about it and i mean this review came out after after the whole MAGA agenda controversy yeah. too. So I, it, it just, it's, it's a head scratcher. It kind of seems like they're just trying to gain, gain points. You know, it's like, Oh, what's, what other little shot can I, can I get in? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The last thing I want to say is just a kind of, just kind of a funny, uh, 
way they ended the 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 article um they're 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 talking about uh 1981 and uh she says there's also a love story somewhere in there she is a cold war in my head and i am east berlin he sings on 1981 i've tried my hardest but the best i can determine is that he means that he is thinking about her all the time or that she is somehow rationing his food so I just thought that was kind of a silly way to end the article. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly what Billy meant, of course. She's, I mean, actually, if 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 it's the same girl from Pulling Teeth, then maybe, <laughs> maybe she is rationing his food. Good one. Um. So yeah, Connor. Uh. I mean, I I gotta say, and this might surprise you guys, but I don't really agree with the Pitchfork review of this album. Yeah, that's that's not quite coming to me as a shock. Um, I'm not in a state of shock to hear you say wow, that. Wow, no. I can twist, I can hardly walk. So, um, yeah, no, this this one, I mean, I didn't read it. I just got what you gave to me there. But, like, this one doesn't feel as, as measured... I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I agree with more of Anthony Fantano's points yeah. who gave a worse score rather than yeah. like the five here, but with commentary that, that really doesn't add up or make sense to me. So. I agree. I agree. You're, you're right about that. Um, anyways, pitchfork. We uh, do, better. do better. Yeah. Do better in the new year. Um, all right. So, I to 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 close out the the show today. Um, I kind of dropped a surprise on you, Connor, a- after we watched the Anthony Fantano uh, review. Um, I I dropped a bomb on you that there is a B side to this record. Yeah, how There's, did I not know that? How did you not know that? How have I not told you yet? As the other half of Green Dudes, how am I in the dark on this? I know. It's, that's not like you at all. No. No. Um, I have a duty to the people. You do. You do have a duty. Uh, this is a Japanese exclusive B-side. Some, For some reason, Japan always gets the good the good B-sides. They, it's, um, it's kind of fucked up, actually. Um, and it yeah, doesn't, doesn't make sense in the streaming era because... Originally, because you know the 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 import was a lot more expensive for them to get the the CDs back in the day and, and the records and stuff. So then, the extra incentive for the for the stores to order it would be that there was like an extra B side included on in the package. And um, but today in in today's era, do, that doesn't really make any sense. So I don't so I don't really know why this happens uh, the way it did. But um, but yeah, they they have a song on that release called Fever, and we just played it for the first time for Connor. I've been listening to it a little a little bit. Um, Connor, what are your thoughts? Uh, first first run through the the B side Fever. The the guitar riff that carries you know the the song throughout is just like immediately infectious. Yeah. you know, just from the moment it starts. I was like, damn, this is a great guitar riff. You know, this could have been on the album. Sounds fucking great. Um, And I love Billy's vocal melody on the verses. 
and then I felt like the chorus was kind of flat and doesn't really carry the the hype and the momentum and the feeling of the, the the verses and what the rest of the song I think accomplishes. And so I was like, oh, like to me, that does kind of make it feel like a B-side. I'm like, I feel like there's a really, really great idea here that it wasn't like fully realized. Um, Cause I don't think it builds into anything like special once you get to the chorus. So um No, I mean the, I, I absolutely love the guitar. I yeah. love the verses, but but that was that was like my mixed feelings on it. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um you're right, the guitar riff is 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 really cool. Um I I I also, you know, I, I like the verses uh going into it I was a little bit worried because it does it did kind of feel like oh summertime party and fun time song you know um but it's 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 very stripped back and simple and the chorus although it is repetitive and and i I do agree that there is maybe um more they could have done with it it does not overstay its welcome really it's 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 a very fast uh song the chorus only repeats like once each time um I, i i really love the little bass fill into the second verse and um the little instrumental bridge i i like those parts a lot um and uh the chorus is just it's kind of just a fun it's a fun little sing-along thing you know and it's it's over before you know it um but it is very clearly a b-side for a reason uh, i think mm-hmm. it, i i would not replace any song on the record with this song um the the one question i wanted to ask you connor was do you think this fits in with the rest of the Savior's songs from a production and songwriting standpoint? Um, or do you think maybe it fits in with a different record? I don't know. I I did kind of feel like this this song does feel a little like stripped back. I don't know. I, I guess I feel like if they were going to... If it was going to be included on the album, they'd probably want to... Uh beef it up a little bit more in some ways. I do think it could fit onto this record because it does kind of have this balance between, yeah, there's like the summertime fun and stuff, whatever, but like there's kind of like this this feeling of melancholy too there is, in, it's in true. the song. Yeah. And, and the music kind of, I think, creates that feeling too. So it's like, I don't know, it... It, to, to me, I feel like it's not totally different from something like Susie Chapstick. It's just that like Susie Chapstick is like way, way, way better yeah. and fully realized. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like it could have fit in in like that kind of way. But I don't know. I don't have any thoughts on if it would go on to a different record. No. Well, well, guess what, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is actually a foam B-side. Wow, you don't say. It was recorded during the foam sessions, and for some reason they just put it out with Saviors. So, no Cavallo. It was it was recorded with, that's, with that's uh, cool. Butch Walker. Wasn't that true of, uh, not for the recording, but didn't you say Bobby Sox? Or, uh, no, sorry. Uh, wait, what was it? Um, 
One Eyed Bastard? 19- um, what song on this album was like uh, thought to be from the songwriting sessions yeah. of the album After Foam that did not come to be? I, I think people did think that One Eyed Bastard was uh, what was from that aborted that was follow right, up. Okay. Yeah, because it leaked and it had, and it had hand claps uh, and other characteristics that people, you know, associate with foam it's not confirmed i don't think it, there's no confirmation the other thing though um that it that it's it, it's it's a mystery kind of in 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 green day green day history is um there the, so in the initial foam sessions they recorded 16 songs there's only 10 songs on the record um, we got B sides. We got Holy Toledo. We got uh, Here Comes a Shock. Um, so those are accounted for. There's also on the Network album uh, the songs um, Degenerate, The Art of the Deal with the Devil. Um, there might be other ones that I'm forgetting. Uh, those are all like like The Art of the Deal with the Devil was was actually in the promo for foam um in the lead up that was originally going to be the the closing track i think um like they talked about it and then it was axed so um and then the network stole those songs obviously green day is not the network so they the they, 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 they yeah, stole those songs yeah. from green day which, which is, is fucked so up. fucked up and i'm pissed about it um but they are good songs so so yeah it, it, it's kind of a mystery uh it, what exactly they worked on after foam? What they worked? What, what were uh, the the you know aborted from the foam sessions? Uh, maybe someday we will find out. Um, but you know, with that knowledge in mind, I I, I do kind of get like like on this song on on fever there are hand claps, there are kind of there's some falsetto backing vocals and stuff, so it does kind of make sense. But um, but I I totally agree with what you're saying too, and I think that it uh, if if it was given a bit more work. Uh, it, it it could fit in on Savers. Yeah, it was a cool B side. It's a cool B side. Yeah, I, I like sometimes yeah. you listen to a B side and you're just like, eh, you know. Yeah, no, there's, no, there's a reason they got rid of that. Exactly. But, you know, it was a good B side. I, I really like the guitar riff. Yeah, same. That's, yeah, it'll be fun to put on a playlist or something. You know. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Connor, before we wrap it up, any final thoughts on, on saviors or any, or, or the reviews that we covered or fever or any of it? You know, um, I'm not surprised from like the, the, the more established outlets, not to say that like pitchfork and Anthony Fantano are the same, but like they're big names in music yeah. reviews, you know, uh, however you slice it. And I'm, I'm not surprised that their opinions are mostly negative. Um, I kind of feel like that's going to be true for, you know, most of the mainstream music review outlets. Um, I don't think that this album is going to really, like, do much to change anyone's opinions on Green Day, and especially modern Green Day. Um And I even agree with some of their points, as we said. I, I am interested to see what the Green Day fandom has to say about it, because like in in that there is there is much more. Um, yeah. 
you know, uh, not not division is not really the word I want to use, but you know, there passion. are just like pockets. There's pockets of different kinds of fans that comprise the totality of the Green Day fandom. Very true. Yeah, and um, I, I'm sure that there's going to be many mixed opinions from them. Um, maybe maybe last thing before we get to that is just that um, it doesn't bother me uh, that. There are as like many, maybe more established mainstream negative opinions of this record. Um, when you were talking about like what or asking me, what do you think about Pitchfork? I was even thinking, you know, I feel the same way about it as I think about IGN, Internet Gaming oh, yeah. Network is maybe what it stands for. Sure. I don't even know why I tried to say what it stands for because I don't care and I, I don't really know shots fired for sure but i am a gamer i, I game you know pretty frequently yes. and uh the games that i play are are generally not like contemporary i do not have like my finger on the pulse of um you know the 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 modern day gamer it's mainly tetris right I do play a lot of te- yeah Tetris 99 on the Switch is fantastic, uh, but but the reason I'm mentioning it is because I also follow a lot of people who have video game opinions and I see all the time how they let themselves be affected by these review scores and I'm like I don't understand why you feel like you need the validation from this review outlet in order to fully appreciate or enjoy something on your own terms like i don't know why people allow themselves to be caught up in the way that they do it's like if you like the album if you like the video game whatever it is then why do you care that other people gave it a three why do you give a fuck you know i think ultimately the answer is insecurity i think people are very insecure about the things that they like and they they feel like if they like something that they they see other people with any kind of like credibility to to them dismiss or or have a negative opinion on the things that they like they they feel like they're you know what aren't i seeing what don't i get yeah you know what don't i understand about this am i stupid am i stupid for liking this thing am i an idiot and it's like well on the one hand yes you are because you're asking yourself those very stupid questions and you're not just allowing yourself to enjoy the things that, you know, that, that make you happy, that bring you joy. And, um, I always think about that when it comes to these big review outlets, because it's very puzzling to me. I, I, I get, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, getting some semblance of, of appreciation or, or whatever it is from, from sharing an opinion, you know, uh, especially a positive one. Yay, other people like the album that I'm enjoying. Whatever. But, like, I don't understand why the reverse happens and people are, you know, bogged down by these opinions. And it's like, you just don't have to care. You don't. I know. It's 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 hard to comprehend. We are social animals. We do like to fit in. We like to be part of the tribe. I think that, I think consciously or subconsciously, Connor, that plays a huge role in uh perception and people's feelings on on art and media and i mean uh, like i've seen it happen in real time where 
it's like again with the trilogy where uh the lead up to it was great everyone was positive excited about it and then there was just a massive shift in opinion and one by one everyone kind of fell in line and and it's not until now where right now we're at a point where it's like it's okay to say you like it like like people that that you know refuse to to you know give it its due are they're finally coming out of the woodwork and and doing so um it's not a perfect project that's for sure but um i mean i think we can all agree it kind of it it some of the ire towards it was was uh was a bit much i think and uh honestly one of the greatest gifts i think green day gave us or gave you know gave me at least uh, i think both of us was connor you know I want to be the minority. It's okay that we can think for ourselves. Uh, and I think, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to call everyone else just a bunch of sheeple following the herd, you know, <laughs> but in subtle ways, I mean, kind of like, um, where it's, it's okay to, to think for yourself or, you know, pick up your own mind. It's okay to, to like things that other people think are dumb and silly has nothing to do with you, you know. It doesn't. It, it it's not a. Uh, it's not a dark mark on your record. It's okay. Um, and so so yeah, I, I think that's. I I think that 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 about sums it up. And then like yeah, with with monster publications like this that are kind of, I feel like they're they're too big for their own good, you know. And 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 that uh, the 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 effect they have on on the on the community at large is, really kind of wild sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it for me, Connor. But that was, that was well said. I thought uh, I think uh, that was a good point to make. And you know, the green dudes are here. We're here to take the heavy hitters like Fantano and Pitchfork down a peg. Okay. Because we have the only Green Day opinions that matter. Absolutely. Um, next week on the pod, I swear to God, we will be covering one thousand hours. The first track. Oh, are off. we are we are we not going to talk about uh, like any? Co- I'm sorry. Was there any other comments? Anti-social um, media comments here. I uh, we're we're we are done for the moment. Oh shit! Um, I didn't mean to mess up your flow there, buddy. No, I'm you're sorry. okay. You're okay. But here's a little teaser for you. There are many comments. There are many. Uh, like you said, Connor. There's a diverse swath of of uh, you know Green Day fans in the fandom that have many frankly wacky opinions and uh so i think that might just be an episode all in itself at some point in the future um so that's a little teaser for for uh you know for 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 a future episode um but as i was saying go on um I forgot what I was saying, actually. Oh, God damn it. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, if, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Next week, we will be covering 1,000 Hours on the podcast. And uh, that's the first song off of the 1,000 Hours EP. And that'll be exciting. We're getting towards the end of uh, 1,039 Smoothed Out Slappy Hours. Um, so look forward to that. If you have any thoughts or comments, concerns on uh, what we said, on on this episode please shoot us an email at green dudes pod at gmail.com um 
if if you want to to follow us, please don't follow us in real life, but you can follow us on social media. We uh, are at Green Dudes Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have fun there with all of the other Green Day fans. Um, and please go ahead and give us a nice five-star rating and a, uh, a lovely review. Please go soft on us on Apple Podcasts um, if you are feeling uh, so inclined. And most importantly, folks, until next time, stay, stay punk. punk.